Welcome to Season 2 of the 52 Weeks Podcast. A series where four people come together to dream big, start small, and act daily. Hey guys, this is Meredith. This year, I want to kill it at learning the guitar and make yummy recipes. Why, hello! Steph here in 2021 is going to be my year to run faster, eat all the veggies, and read more than ever before. I'm Heidi, a new addition this season, and I'm excited to be here. This year, I'm slowing down, showing more gratitude, and embracing the whole spectrum of real life. I'm the base of the podcast, Josh. This year, I want to have a failure each day and achieve my goals for my company, JP Couture. Make sure to subscribe so you don't have FOMO. So for everybody listening, welcome to week 43. (laughs) We have a guest coming on later today. And she's just my wise friend. She's a mother of three little kids. And so I wanted to talk to her about how like goal setting goes and running a household. I feel like we have a couple moms that listen to us and I think it would be nice to do some content for them. So if you guys pull that up, then I mean, it'll be very easy once we get started with her. She's easy to talk to, but that's on there. So how was everybody's week? Great. It was not better than mine, but we'll we'll go through what you guys went through, and then we'll talk about me. <laughs> and we're zooming because I'm a baby and don't want to drive in the rain. That's true. <laughs> That's okay. We're all snug at home, snugged in our uh, sweatpants and sweatshirts and blankets. At least I am. It totally benefits all of us. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Josh, how was your week? What'd you do? That's so exciting. Um, I don't know. I didn't do much of anything uh, that's like overwhelming. Drove tiny trucks. Um, unfortunately, didn't go biking or hiking. Uh, and then did go a little hike, but and. Yeah, I helped a, a friend with the gala um, for his charity. That was really fun. And just pretty much worked on building something better. Was your friend that was doing their gala a previous guest on our podcast? Um, yeah, it's one of, uh, actually, it was Ivan's. Um, it was. Um, a gala for him and uh, for the children, which is a charity group that gives uh, meals to children because in some circumstances, uh, these kids don't have meals uh, through the weekend because they get uh, meals through the school. And so sometimes they go through the weekend with without uh, any meals. And it was a charity for them uh, event and uh, for Ivan's best seat in the house, and they uh, Rudy Mc Gobert uh, was there. He spoke for a little bit, took pictures. Cool. Yeah, that was uh, interesting because he was very he's like, "I will only be there for a certain time frame, and that's it." That's cool. I'm glad I got to go. Rudy Gobert. Is that a football player? Jazz. <laughs> Jazz player. Okay. Yeah. 
Meredith gave me a look. <laughs> no, it makes me laugh because recently, Josh, did you hear this story? There was a news reporter who was assigned to do kind of the after game beat on the street where she was interviewing different people in Salt Lake, asking them if they've been to jazz games, if like what they thought of the jazz, are they a big fan? Well, she starts talking to this one guy who she has no idea, but he is a jazz player. <laughs> so she's interviewing him and saying things like, Hey, have you, how many games have you been to this year? Have you been to any? And he's like, I've been to quite a few, actually. And just goes along and she's like, so what's your name? And he's like, Jordan Clark. And she's like, can you spell that for us? Has no idea that she is interviewing a jazz player. And so that's actually the thought that came to my mind when you were like, is he a football player? (laughs) Um, That's actually really funny. I didn't hear that story, actually. (laughs) It was pretty funny. But, all right. Heidi, how did your week go? It was good. Good. Um, just, um, I went to the Secret Garden at the Hill and um, went to a birthday party. We did this like emergency preparedness taste test. So we taste tested like all of these different, um, you know, like freeze dried meals and stuff that you can buy for emergency prep or backpacking and stuff like that. And they, had a bunch of those like emergency ration bars that we could like test to see if like which ones were good and which ones we liked and stuff. That was really fun. Who did that? Is that like a little party you plan? No, it was a church. It was like the, it was like a ward activity. That is such a cool idea. It was really cool. I mean, we probably tried 20 different meals and they just put them all in like little cups and stuff. And so you could go around and be like, I like this brand. I like this flavor. I like, and like, I mean, have you ever had one of those like emergency ration bars that comes in this like big brick type looking thing? Uh. And I didn't even know. I mean, I had one in my 72 hour kit for years. Right. But I didn't know what was in it. I, what, what, when I opened that up, what in the world will I be eating? Like, I don't know. And so they had that, they had a couple different types there. So we could try them and then you would kind of know what you're buying and when you open it, what you're eating. And um, it was, it was a really good. Was- I think that is so brilliant because I have a bucket full of freeze dried stuff. I don't know how they taste. I hope. That when there's a calamity, I like what I'm eating. But <laughs> yeah. that would be so well, and it's expensive to to try it out, right? I mean, they're like twelve bucks a piece or something, or so you don't want to just like go through them like they're I mean, you know, easy to oh, go yeah. by, right? Yeah. So it was great to kind of just I mean, all you needed was a little cup, like a little taste to be like, Oh, I don't like that, and oh, I like this, and um, or I've always wanted to try that brand. And they're all gross, you know, or things like that. So um, it was good. What I just look at it this way, Meredith. If you are hungry enough, everything will taste good. Yeah, but (laughs) if you're grumpy and like, I mean, if you're having a terrible day anyways, wouldn't you want to have a good meal as opposed to a bad meal? (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's true. Very true. Um, That's a really cool activity. All right, Steph. 
week? Um, I got out a lot this week, which was nice. Um, did a lot of hiking, a lot of runs, everything. So it was a good week with that. And guys, I know we aren't talking about goals yet, but I wanted to be at 75% and I got to 74% and I'm really proud to be back in the area. Oh, like, it's like, okay, now, I mean, last week I was, or the week before I was like, what was I at? Um, I, it was low. It was, um, in the thirties. It was 47%, but then the week before was 24%. Like, So I was down into the lowest. <laughs> so it's nice to, I'll take that C average. Yeah, that's awesome. So, oh, Josh's example of getting better a few percent at a time every week. Yeah, so I only got 83% this week. My goal is 90, but I did raise 2%. Awesome. Yeah, that's 83%. great. Pardon me? Is that the highest you've been? Yeah. I'm proud. I want to be in the bees. <laughs> That's really my turn to talk about my week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Here you go, Mary. I went to Disney. Yay. Um, I can see why they say it's the most magical place on earth. It was so much fun. How recently How have you guys time? been? Oh. Um. It's been a while. Like. After my 30 life crisis. So five years ago. I'd say I probably. 15 years ago. I think about 10, 15. I don't recall. I mean, I went to Disney World like four years ago, maybe three years ago. But Disneyland's been like 15, I think. Oh, maybe um, maybe after that. Let's say 10. Let's say so 10. So much has changed since then. <laughs> yeah. So, like, um, I don't know what it was called before. I can't remember. The Tower of Terror. Oh, yeah. That is now the Guardian of the Galaxy. And we got to do that. That was my first ride. And we did it twice in a row because the line was really short. And oh, my gosh, it was so much fun. And then they have at Disney, they have these two rides, two experiences that you have to at 7 a.m. One of the queues open. So you have to, like, get right on and get yourself in there and on the list. And if you don't get in, you don't get to ride those rides. And one of them's Rise of the Resistance. And it was incredible. Like, I was in a war scene with, the, with like, the Resistance. And I was kidnapped, and I couldn't tell them my location. It was so much fun. And then there was a Spider-Man one where you had to help Spider-Man. And you sit in the ride, and you go like this, and you're catching... You're sending off spider webs. It was for those of you who can't see me. Um, that was me pretending to be Spider Man, shooting spider webs, catching mechanical spiders. Like Disney is just such a magical place. As an adult, it was everything my heart desired, and I ate everything I possibly could because I had one day to eat Disney churros, Dole Whip, 
Corn dogs, turtles again. Sounds like a dream. It was. It was heaven. And then we did like a tennis tournament. That day we got 30,000 steps in Disney. So I definitely got my walking quota. So that was my week. It was very exciting. So much fun. Good quality people. Love them all. So, all right, let's go ahead and talk about the more boring stuff than Disney. <laughs> like everything else in the world. <laughs> For sure. Um, okay, so Steph, you already started to tell us about your, your grade points average. Go ahead, tell us more in depth about your week. So I had a goal to finish the book that I was reading. I didn't do that. Um, but then I had another goal to go on one hike last week and I did that and then to get a 75% I got 74 so I feel good about that and guys like I just want to show you if I can so like this oh you can't even see dang it hold it um, hold it back a little bit hold it back and turn it road like rotate it like this and also step turn down your screen oh, oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, do you guys see all those colors? Yep. So I got one, two, three, four, five perfect streak um, of seven days in a row. And I got one perfect day of everything. Um, and so I've been really working on like my floor and ceiling goals um, and at least getting like the floor goal for, for the day. So like shooting for the ceiling and then I always get the floor goal. So it just, I feel like these habits that, created before and it was interesting because someone had told me something they're like oh this has changed about you and I was like honestly it's because of these habits so I created because of Morgan's episode right of where I was like okay what's really the formula that I want and I feel like I've seen some of those changes I mean especially with affirmations I feel like I'm so much more confident um because I've been doing affirmations every day so love it they're powerful it feels good yeah. And I, um, I've got like some days like in five veggies a day. So I'm really working hard to pound the fruits and vegetables and it just like feels great with my body to be like working out so much, walking so much and eating fruits and veggies and not having the all or nothing mentality, right? Like every day, every hour, it's like, Nope, I'm tracking this regardless. And so I think that's what's really helped me is, of being like, well, even if you're lazy today, go do those seven things. Because <laughs> we want to get the check. Okay. <laughs> what have you noticed in yourself if you, as you've done these things? How have I what? What have you noticed in yourself? Like you mentioned that somebody said, oh, you've changed so much. But what have you noticed that's different? Um, I think that before. Four, it would be like it's either a oh I killed it today or I did absolutely nothing right like and now it's a lot more consistent of like okay yeah well of, no I'm just I feel like the in between of being like like if, for example like yesterday I hadn't gotten anything done on my thing and so before I went to bed I was like okay what can we check off right and so I was like you can read your scriptures you can journal you can do your affirmation so then it's like 
I start it and then I just continue to get it all done. But I didn't get all my steps in yesterday, you know, and normally I'd be like, well, I didn't do one thing. Why bother? Try again tomorrow or try again Monday. Like I was always a Monday gal. So that's where I feel like, like these little tiny trying to be consistent, like I'll see results, like bigger drastic results in December or in April or in next July, but it's going to be like gradual in the process. I think something I've kind of paid attention to recently is about how things we've done since we were kids and how much rewiring we have to do that comes up when you are making these new goals. You're breaking old goals, especially when it has to do with like eating because that's such a habitual thing that you've been doing every day, three times a day for your entire life and how all of that all of that hardwires and needs a direction change and to cut ties and to start a new one. And I think that's where the mantras come in so handy too, don't you think? Cause like you're, mm-hmm. you're you, the more you tell yourself, the easier it is to follow through with it. Oh yeah, for sure. And I'm even just catching myself with those negative thoughts and like bringing it back to the mantras. Like what we tell ourselves really is powerful. I saw this TikTok the other day um, from the Mormon hippie. I don't know if you guys have heard of her. I just discovered her. But um, she talked about how, you know, like, it was sort of like this, like, if we're in heaven and God's like, okay, like, how did you do? And he's like, oh, that's awesome that you didn't swear and that you only used the H-E double hockey stick word. But, like, I'm more concerned of, like, how, how did you talk about yourself? What were those mean things? that you said about yourself and um and anyways I'm just like thinking about how like it's even easier to like talk kindly towards other people but sometimes our inner inner self-talk that we don't even realize like you're talking about those habits from when you're younger they're hard to change um okay Heidi yeah um uh, my week was good. I had um, I had a day off, and so I had some lots of time to like journal and gratitude and um, think about my whole self. And then my other goals were to scrapbook for two hours, which I did, and days for girls with, for two hours, um, which I actually think I did probably closer to like four or five hours for days for girls. So got all of those done, and I um, what stuff. Sorry, I didn't text you back to say that I couldn't help with days for growth. Apologize about that. Let me know next time, though. <laughs> okay. Um, I also wrote a mantra for this week. So I had done one before, and then, I, but you have to like update them, right? Because it's not always applicable anymore. Um, and and so I wrote one for this week, and so that was really good to kind of think through that and try and make it more of a habit, more of something something I do more regularly. And, um, but good week last week. Nice. That does pretty lickety split. All right, Joshua. So, um, like I said before, I got 83% on my, um, to do's and then I added two, which was good of working out and, uh, no snooze. No snooze is, it's a, it's a battle right now. 
Um, and so that is going to go forward to what I'm going to be working on. And uh, for this next week, I need to get ready for some events. So I need to create a costume for one or two. Not sure if it'd be two uh, things. And I want to go hiking. And I've started reading a list, well, listening to a book. Um, I want to finish that. The Hypermatic Edge. Uh, I've listened to a podcast and they mentioned it, and I'm like, oh, that's intriguing. So I'll do that and go biking. Um, even if it's crappy weather, I need to get that in there. It's supposed to snow on Thursday, so maybe don't save yeah. it Thursday. Hmm. So Wednesday or tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Perfect yeah, example of planning, you know, knowing all the little things like weather, whether you could do it or not. Yeah, instead of waiting until last mountain, you're like, oh, I want to go. Oh, it's snowing. Well, let's go anyways. I like it. Um, and so me, I didn't set any goals this last week. So I achieved 100% of what I set out to do. That's one way to do it. Yep. <laughs> Wait, I mean, um, you were, did you get hike? Um, we didn't end up going on a hike. Not after the first day we flew into LA, we did 20 over 20,000 steps. And then the second day we did 30. So on Thursday, we had no desire. I mean, on Friday and Saturday, we had no desire. We stopped by a pool. I got a tan line on my back. I know that for me as a white child, that doesn't really compute, but it happened. <laughs> Good job. Congrats, <laughs> Meredith. California sun. <laughs> okay, so we have just a few minutes. Let's go ahead and get started on next six goals for everybody. Let's go backwards and do, Josh, you were the last one to go. Let's go ahead. Cool. So I want to go on a hike and mountain bike. Um, there was a hike that I didn't finish, and there's a small one that I want to do uh, with the uh, at least changing. Uh, so I want to get those finished and then go biking. Uh, with snow coming on Thursday, I'll probably do that in Tuesday or Wednesday. And uh, finish a book. Um, there's only seven chapters, and so it shouldn't take me too long to listen to it. Um, and let's see here. Get uh, ready uh, for some events, uh, creating costumes. Not sure if I want to sew them or just buy them. We'll see is how. it for an event on Saturday? Yes, it is actually an event. A, murdering, a murder mystery that Steph is putting on. Yeah. <laughs> I got to go through my script, and my character, to make sure I, I nail it. I know the competition is going to be high and uh, the actress pole there. <laughs> or <laughs> lesbian pole. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. So that is pretty much my week and just going, working on my business a little bit more and um, focusing more on getting better sleep. Um, not sure what, if that's going to go bed earlier or it probably will be. We'll see. You're in the 80s, Josh. I'm just impressed. Get oh, yeah, there. that's the other thing. Um, I'll go with 80. Let's go 85. I'm not going to add anything new. I, I want to hit the 90% before I add anything new to the habit tracker. Good. Hey, Heidi, what's your next week's plan? Um, so we're going to do um, the scrapbook for the two hours and days for girls for at least two hours. And then still the, um, you know, journaling and doing gratitude and focusing on the whole self thing. So it looks a lot like last week, but just trying to um, work. I mean, we're, we're getting to the end of the year type of things. So I really got to finish that scrapbook. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so that's what we're going to focus on. And Steph, me. Um, so I'm hosting a lot this week, which I love. It's going to be so much fun. This is a little decorated for Halloween. So I'm not adding too much to my plate, but I am going to try to read 50 pages of my book. Um, and then I am also going to try to get to, I was at 74. I'm going to try to raise that just a little bit to 76%. A high C. Very nice. Uh, for me this week, I am going to try and run a little bit. Hey. Yeah, if you listeners could see their faces, they all look shocked. <laughs> I am going to try and run. So... That's that's my only goal. I'm going to try and run th three times because I have a treadmill at work three times. So. I believe in you. Yeah. I believe okay. in you too. You know, a story is I was in a gym watching, well, I was working out and my view was in, by the treadmills and I was, this guy was running with a hoodie on and then um, he wanted to take the, he started taking the hoodie off. And he fell onto the treadmill and I got kicked to the wall. I had to put my head down because I was laughing and I didn't want him to see me laughing at him. Um, but he looked around really embarrassed. It was really funny. I'd probably never go back. <laughs> just, don't, <laughs> just don't change on a treadmill. You're good. Maybe start taking your clothes off, but still. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. I'm going to send her a text. Guys, we have had incredible speakers. Like, I feel like I've talked to so many people this week about Tiffany, about, I told everyone about Paula. Like, <laughs> I just got her personality, her dress called Paula. They're just fun episodes. 
have like grown to love and respect her and her family she is a mother of three four, four. she's four now the other baby doesn't exist because i didn't see a board <laughs> just kidding um so yeah that's kelly for you and i just wanted kelly on like i said earlier because i think we have a lot of moms that listen and it would probably be nice to have you people who have similar situations and raising kids and taking care of themselves as well as little humans and what that looks like. Um, so for us, it'll be kind of asking questions about that. Um, Kelly also homeschools for all of her children and um, her husband just finished PA. Um, I said PA school, but it's not PA. It's pharmaceutical school. Not even that. It's pharmacy school. Um, but yeah, this is Kelly. Hi. Kelly, that's hey, Kelly. Steph and Heidi and Josh. Hi, friends. I've heard a lot about you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I like that. What'd you say? Oh, I said I was noticing your wedding picture in the back. Oh, guys, yeah, it's funny. I didn't even notice. That's there my you husband. Go, and your kids. <laughs> yeah. you. Oh, you're so nice. Thank you. I am not the decorator. My husband actually decorates the house. So I'll tell him you said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, yeah. Uh, like Meredith said, I met her when I lived in Salt Lake. Um, my husband actually graduated. It's been a year now since I've lived in Utah. So we are actually in Texas now. My husband's in the air force. And so we, he works as a pharmacist for the air force. Everybody thinks he dropped out of pharmacy school to become a pilot. That's not what happened. So, so yeah, I'm a military wife and I homeschool my children. We actually had like a really, really strong feeling to do that before Corona was a thing. Um, my oldest daughter was going into kindergarten and we had registered her and everything and then just had the strongest feeling that we needed to homeschool. And so, which is so funny because I feel like if you knew me, you would not guess that it's not my personality. I just, I never foresaw myself doing it, but, um, it just felt right. And so we dove in and her kindergarten year, she would, she started in 2019. So eventually it would have been. 2020 and Corona and all of that. And right now it's working really, really well for our family. So yeah, this year we added my little boy, he's doing kindergarten and then my other little boy is doing preschool. And then my baby is, she'll be eight months old on the first. So yeah, it's a little bit about me. <laughs> so crazy to think that it was about a year ago that you guys moved away just a little right. bit over a year ago. Yeah. So. Time goes so fast. So fast. Kelly and I used to go for walks and talk deep things. And that's why 
I want her on the podcast today because we talked about goals. She's usually a very motivated person and goal-driven. Actually, my flossing goal came from her because she had a goal to floss, and I don't think she ever missed a day of flossing. I am not as good at Kelly. <laughs> sure, I did set a goal one year, and I was like determined I was not going to miss one day that year. And my niece, who I love, but at the time was kind of a butt, told me I wasn't going to be able to do it. And I was determined to prove her wrong. So <laughs> I did. <laughs> you. That's good motivation, isn't it? And I love her, but I was just like, you're not going to tell me what to do. So <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, I probably know which niece that was. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't listen, right? Uh, Hopefully they will. She'll know. She'll be so honored that she was referenced in a podcast. In that way, I bet. So to start us off, um, do you have goals that you're working on right now? Or what are some of the goals that you've worked on in the past? Like your flossing one that has, like, as a mom worked on. As a person. More than a mother. I definitely try to set goals. I feel like my goals have evolved over time. Um, just cause as I've gotten busier with each kid, then you kind of have to evolve with that. But a current goal that I'm working on, that's pretty lofty. Um, so my husband and I are actually doing this not together, but at the same time, it's called a book of Mormon marathon. I don't know if any of you've heard of this. We heard it in passing and decided to do it. And basically you read the, the entire Book of Mormon in a month and you do it for a whole year. So you end up reading it 12 times in a year. Wow. So in order to get it done, you have to read about 18 pages a day to accomplish that goal. So that's like one of my loftier goals that I'm currently working on. So um, I feel like overall, though, my, my goals are more just day-to-day Um, those little small and simple things that actually add up to be something really big and make a really big difference. So things like, um, meditating, I try to meditate a few minutes a day or going to bed and making sure the dishes are done or, uh, things that don't necessarily seem like how you would identify as self-care, but to me, they add up to make such a difference the next day when I get up and, my kids are ready to go and we're just go, 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 go. If I don't take that time to do it, then eventually it's going to pile up and I'm going to get really overwhelmed and just kind of shut down. So um, those little goals, I feel like are changing constantly, but um, overall they become little habits. And so then I'm able to work on something else, but I don't think they're anything super large and significant overall or seemingly significant, I guess is what I could say if that was the answer to your question. So (laughs) Well, and I think that's kind of been a focus for us the last couple of months is for me for a solid month was just getting that morning routine down. Mm-hmm. And through that learning how, how I work and what works for me and what doesn't. And I, I do agree that I think it's the everyday things that keep life floating and keep you from not drowning. Mm-hmm. Because so many times it would be like self-care is to stay in bed for another hour. Self-care is to 
eat an extra cookie because it was stressful today. But really the self-care is putting away the laundry when you take it out of the dryer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all feel that one. Kelly, I'll how move it from you, one um, spot to another. Oh. <laughs> say that okay. again, Josh. Now I was just going to say not move it from one spot to another. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that Meredith and I actually had this discussion one time. I actually think you shared it on this podcast, like your first year, but just that like true self-care is creating a life that you don't regularly have to escape from and numb your feelings. And so like, I do think sometimes it does look like sleeping in or going to bed early if you need to, but sometimes real true self-care is doing the dishes or sweeping the floor or taking five minutes to vacuum or whatever. That's all cleaning examples. Cause that's, I feel like what I spend my life doing, but you know, things that maybe don't feel in the moment, very joyful, but they are actually going to replenish your soul long-term because then you're not playing that catch up, you know, if that makes sense. <laughs> what were you going to say, Heidi? Um, how did you decide, I mean, all of these little things, right, that you're trying to create habits for, um, how do you, how do you decide which ones to focus on for a while? I mean, is it just like something pops up or do you have a list of like, well, I'm going to work on this habit first and then I'm going to form this habit and then I'm going to form this habit or how do you, um, pick, right? Like which ones do you want to do now? Yeah, that's a good question because I am definitely a checklist person. I love lists. I'm like totally the person that will um, like write it down after I did it <laughs> just so I can cross it off. I don't know. It's kind of dumb. <laughs> but I think like uh, ultimately when I was saying like I had to shift my goals, I think that I've had to come down to very basic things. I feel like I used to be very lofty and I had tons and tons and tons of goals, which is great and good. But for me, it just started getting really overwhelming and impossible. And so then instead of creating this desire to change and to stay motivated and keep going, it was shutting me down because I just felt like I was constantly failing and not in the way that failure can help you to grow, but in a way of like, I literally can't do anything with my life right now. And so I think like, I try to look big picture on, um, like, I think one of the things that I've learned through goal setting and goals is that it's so much more about the process than the actual end result. Now those end results do matter. And sometimes we have very tangible, um, checklist items, but I think where in my personality, sometimes I get stuck is I'm too focused on the end result and I'm not seeing what lessons am I learning in the meantime? Well, who am I becoming? What, um, how am I adapting as a human being? And so I think if I stop and look at long-term, um, like, I think that you've called them like becoming goals, right? But I think really I look long-term, what is it that I want to do? Uh, why, why do I want to do that? And I think that sounds so, um, cliche, like we always say, like, find your why, but really, like, I think one of the classic examples is like exercising, right? And a lot of people say, well, I want to exercise because I want to lose weight. At least I would say almost every woman on the planet at some point has said that. But really, if you dig deep down into the true why, and like, I'd say until you hit a real feeling, 
well, maybe you actually want to exercise. So I have energy to take care of my children and I want to live longer for them and to feel better inside. That's going to be way more motivating to me than losing weight. And so I think you find your why. And then honestly, I think it comes, how do I choose which one? I think it just comes down to right now, what feels the most important or what feels like, um, like one question I'll ask myself is if I could change one thing in my life right now, that would have the biggest impact, what would it be? And I ask it in both ways of what's one thing that I, I could add it into my life right now. And what's one thing if I could take it away. And then I just try to kind of focus in on that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's really, really great. I mean, I think that there's, there's lots of options of things that people say that you should do or things that would be nice for you to do. Or, you know, in my ideal world, of course, I have this amazing this amazing 12-step morning routine, you know, and this amazing like multi-step evening routine and everything flows and and you never get interrupted and timing always works out and stuff like that. But um, that's not real. <laughs> so, so then how do you be like, well, this is the one that, but I love what you said about, about the why, because I've heard that before, obviously. Mm. Um, but for me, it has always been like, find your why in the, in the huge picture of life. And that's mm. overwhelming to me. Like how in the world would you ever identify that? I have no idea. It's like totally mm. overwhelming. But I think asking your wife for your goal, why do I want to lose weight? Yeah, but why? Yeah, but why? Yeah, but why? Right. And so then you might even get to something where losing weight isn't the answer to that why. And so mm-hmm. it's, we think it is until we actually identify what we're really going for. And then Mm -hmm. there might be a a different, better way to, to achieve that result. Right. Yeah. I was thinking like, as you were talking specifically, it's easy for me to quantify that in my spiritual goals. Mm -hmm. um, Because I think we can get so routine in the way that we're living the gospel, but really like it's meant to be relational. Right. And so my routine mindset, if you will, would be, well, I'm going to pray. And then we go to that. Why? Because I've been told to, because it's a commandment because that, but if I dig deep down deep enough, I think, why do I want to pray? Because I want a relationship with God and I want to fill him closer to me. And so when I really look at that and maybe the areas in my spiritual practice that I'm not as strong as I want to be, I think it's because I haven't really figured out or understand the deeper meaning. You know, I think like I think that knowledge comes in our minds, but understanding really comes in our hearts. And why I was talking about like a feeling of like, what, what is the deeper purpose in this? Because those areas that I am really strong in my spiritual practice, I feel like there is a why. And I connect with when I do this, this is how I feel. That's how I feel that relationship happening. And so it's not even hard. It's, I crave doing that where the others feel more like a chore, if that makes sense. You say that again. The part where you said understanding comes from our heart, but knowledge, I think like intellectual knowledge comes from our mind, you know, which really we do need both. Like we're supposed to have decisions that come make decisions from both our mind and our heart. I don't think we should sway the pendulum in one direction or the other extreme. But what I would say is there has to be a really good balance between logically knowing something like, Oh, I'm supposed to pray because the prophet told me that versus I need to pray about this or pray because it's a feeling that I have. Right. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I think that's awesome. Uh, I, I think that the sometimes we just we disregard that heart piece, right? We disregard that um, that piece of the knowledge or the understanding model, right? Like, well, I'll just study this out, or I'll know all the answers by doctrine, right? By by truth or something. But we're missing the heart part that is also. Um, teaching us and telling us where to go and what to do. Yeah. Cause I think ultimately if we truly understand again, I mean, it really does go back to that feeling, but if we truly understand the why, maybe, maybe our mind is more like the what, but the why, then that is going to create those feelings that come from within instead of um, doing something just because we're supposed to, or we've been taught. And I will say that like, I think sometimes that that is good. I think it's good. Like if you're exercising just because you um, know that it's a health benefit, that's a great place to start. I just think that when we lose motivation or that desire to keep going, it is because we've lost the true understanding behind it. That's what I would say in my own life. I shouldn't say we, that's been my personal experience. So, And this is kind of a dumb comparison, but... I learned this from watching the hoarders show. Um, What did you (laughs) learn? It's on Netflix. And for a while I was kind of obsessed with the show and I watched probably five of them very quickly in a row. And of the five, you know, watching them and this cleaning crew goes in and they're like, we have to do this. The state's going to take away your house. You, this isn't healthy for you. Um, and they kind of go in and do the motions with the people, but you can just kind of tell. And even during the show, it shows that like, oh, their heart is changing. They really want this. And at the end, they walk through this clean house and they're like, doesn't this feel so good? And they're feel, yeah, it feels really good. But you can also kind of tell that there isn't necessarily a change. And there was this one episode I actually started fast forwarding to the end to see if the people actually changed after this whole thing. Cause they bring in, they bring in cleaning specialists and they bring in like a therapist to talk to them about, to talk about their issues. Cause that's a big issue. But there was one guy in the first five or 10 episodes I had watched that actually changed. And I noticed because when they went in, he had an adult wife who had, a severe case of like Parkinson's disease. And she looked kind of like a little mummy just because she couldn't move that much. She was just not really there. And I totally get why he became a hoarder and started taking care of things around him. But they kept saying, you know, if we relate this to his wife, there might be an actual change that happens here. And it's because they tapped into a thing that really meant the most to him and so as they went through this they related it back to the wife like we want it to be a good a good environment for your wife don't you want to provide for your wife whereas other people were like don't you just want to live in a clean house there was such a deeper meaning to why he would need to change like you even said I want to be alive for my kids so I'm going to walk every day or go for that run Um, And in all of them, that was the only one that had a permanent change because they had the family was there and he had 
a real reason why versus doing it because other people were telling them to do it. There was no like real healing or correction that happened. And I know, again, (laughs) kind of a dumb example, but it really was, it stood out to me that the whole episode, they kept getting to his heartstrings. This is Mm -hmm. for your wife so she can be healthy so that you can be healthy and take care of her. And that meant so much more than just like, this stuff is junk. Don't you want to get rid of it? And so I think think often like those goals tend, like we tend to focus on the physical side of it, but just as you were, you were talking, I was thinking about even not just spiritual and emotional, but like mental health too. So like, like I said, I keep bringing up a clean house and I promise I'm not like an obsessive person with cleaning my house. But I think as a young mom, it's really, it's really hard to keep your house clean. Like my children, Meredith has met my sons, they're tornadoes, right? Like I'm feel like sometimes that's all I did that day. Um, and there's all sorts of messages out there that are really conflicting and hard. Like one that I heard all the time was like, the laundry can weigh, I'm holding my baby. And I'm like, that was so hard for me because I thought, so does that mean if I do the laundry, I'm a bad mom? Like, I don't care about my children. And I feel like I had to come to this realization that doing the laundry in that moment. And yeah, like sometimes, yes, you set it aside. Absolutely. If your children need you, but there's also times that I'd say like, actually there's something that mom needs to do right now, but then that way I am completely free in my mind and physically to give my children the time and attention and the love that they deserve instead of, okay, I'm going to sit here and hold you, but really my mind is on that pile of laundry or whatever else it is, the never ending list of things that need to get done. And so I think like there's something really about searching, like you're talking about with that family, like they were tugging heartstrings. That's part of it. But like that true self-care goes into the big picture of like, how is this serving me mentally? The world's telling me that I have to do it this way, but I feel so unsettled and unwrestled. I'm not going to be the best mom, the best wife, the best person that I can give the world, you know? And I totally relate with what saying of, um, just with like if it's on your mind you aren't going to be able to give your all right and so lately I've been trying like okay if I want like a relaxing evening like let's get everything done before and it's been like so nice because then I'm not like oh I have to get this and this and this done and it's just for me but I just think that like I'm like how often have I been in like sort of like the like anxious oh no I need to go like even example this morning like I had the day off and I was like, oh, you know, I don't have to go on my run this morning. I can wait until later. And I was like, no, get your butt out the door. And now it's pouring right now. And there's no way I can go out running. Like, I'm I'm a baby, like, in the west. <laughs> you know, I want to think that I w- will be fine. But let's be honest, I don't like the cold. Like, I'm not getting my butt out there. And so I think that there is something to, like, just being like, okay, let's just go do this and get it done. Um, and then we can like be present yeah yeah I think sometimes you have to like suck it up and just do the things that really are not enjoyable so that when the time comes you can do something you want to do you can actually actually enjoy it you know I think that happens a lot with when my husband was in pharmacy school and he was in the military so at the time like there was a lot of times that I don't think my life seemed 
like glamorous or seemed like I was doing um, things that you would say like were self-care. But I think that just forcing myself to get through routine stuff enabled it so that when we actually had time to spend together, then I could think about that instead of, man, you're going to be gone for the next three days and I have to try to get all this stuff done, you know? So I like that. Like you just do that. And I actually heard somewhere one time, I think about this a lot and they were saying that it's actually more important for you to push through in the moments when you don't feel like doing it, that's going to define uh, like what you tell yourself, what you can do and your belief in yourself. So like on a day when you don't want to exercise, it's more important to exercise that day than on the day when it's easy, because otherwise you're telling your brain, I can't do hard things or I can't push through when I don't want to. And I thought that was a really interesting concept because I tend to like, well, it's easy today. It's convenient working with my schedule. I'm just going to go with it. But I think really it tells us something about ourselves when we just grit down and do stuff we don't even want to do because in the big picture, it's going to make the most difference. (laughs) Yeah. I've been told that uh, I like it as well. I've been told that in doing church, praying, reading scriptures, like the time that you don't really don't want to, is probably the time that you actually need it the most. Mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> For me, that was my biggest thing with getting my morning routine down was, oh, five more minutes with my, with my alarm, my snooze button. But really all that was doing was training my body five more minutes. And that was probably the biggest thing that I am still overcoming is all those times I allowed myself to go back to sleep instead of just getting up. Like, it seemed like, oh, I deserve this. Oh, I, like, I rationalize things so well, especially when I'm half awake in the morning, that really it was just harming me when genuinely what I wanted was to get up and get going and having to overcome those things. Yeah. Um, so do you, as a mom that, are you, do you set goals for your children? How are you like teaching your kids that kind of thing? Because I know your kids are very involved. Your daughter dances, your sons play sports. And so how do you kind of teach them in their, on their level, you know? And maybe it's not even intentional, but. Yeah, I mean, I think that sometimes we look at kids and we think that we treat them like they're not human beings. I know that sounds terrible, but really we think they're children and they don't have anywhere near the same capacity that we do, but truthfully they're little humans and they feel just like we feel. I think more often than not their feelings and their reactions are more appropriate than ours are as adults. Like it's completely understandable for a five-year-old to throw a tantrum versus me who as a grown woman. Right. And so I think number one, when I'm trying to help my children progress in something is I think learning and understanding what motivates them, what is something that they want to do and how are they motivated to do that? Like one of my sons um, is very motivated with charts. Like he likes, I think he's kind of like me in that, like he wants to cross things off. Like my daughter doesn't care about that at all. That's not going to motivate her, you know? So I think like finding that reason, um, One of the things that we're trying to do in our family, we read this book, it was called The Entitlement Trap. And it was about this family who their their desire was to raise their children so that they were not entitled, which is uh, a huge fear I have 
actually, because of the world we live in. And um, one of the things that they talk about doing with their children is they set up this, like they call it the family economy. And it's all about the children doing things in the home. It's all based on um, their motivation and how they can earn money that way. And so it teaches them like money responsibility, but ultimately it's teaching them ownership and um, that they work hard for things. And it's really interesting if you're doing it like strictly then from ages eight to 12, then what you're supposed to do is like take your paycheck and say, this is how much I'm spending on them a month. And you give it to them and let them decide how they're going to use it. And they start paying for half their clothes. They pay for everything. And then after um, they're 13, you open up a bank account for them and transfer that over. And then they start paying for everything and things like cars, college, you can pay for half, but they're literally taking ownership of that. And there's like a lot of little details within it, but I find it's very motivating for my children because they do have a sense of ownership. They have this idea of like, I'm earning this. And then the way that they spend their money, first of all, I get to be the fun mom because it's like, Hey mom, can I buy this store? And I'm like, sure. Do you have your money? Yeah, I do. Okay, go ahead. It's your money. Right. But then they're also learning these big life lessons on a really small scale. And so, um, when they buy things from the store, they're taking better care of it because it was their money. And so I think that's like one way that we've tried to implement some motivation and hopefully big picture, like that's only one part of that idea of entitlement, but it would go farther than money. And so I think really you got to find what motivates them and then make them owners of it. When you own up to your own stuff, when you pay for your own car, you're going to take better care of that car than you are, um, the car that your parents bought for you probably. And I would say the same with children. You can set goals for your children, but if you can instead talk to them and see what it is that they want to do and what, how do they want to progress? What do they want to learn and help them decide to do that um, for themselves? I think they're going to be a lot more motivated is what I would say. So. So you give them actual money. Yeah. So, well, my little boys, so my boys are only five and four. So, um, we just do like little fuzzy balls in a jar and if they find something they want, then there's that. But yeah, my daughter will be eight on Saturday actually. And so we were kind of like, we're going to play around with this for about six months. Then when she's eight, we're going to really like whatever. But, um, yeah, she has a little check register. Um, she has fake checks. So what she does is when we go to the store and she wants to buy something, she has to write a check to me and then I can pay for it. We have since found out that our bank, we bank with Chase, they particularly do have like a little starter account where they can have their own debit card, but it's right on your account. And so now she has a debit card, but she, she has to minus it out of her register and all of that. So it's pretty crazy, but it's been really cool to see already um, like one week she wanted to buy a snack and I don't remember, I think it was like a box, huge box of goldfish. And I was like, well, it's $7. And she's like, Oh, how much are the pretzels? $2. I'm gonna get the pretzels. I was like, it's already working, you know? <laughs> and the idea too with all of it. is that these kids are going to get an idea on a small level. They're going to make stupid money mistakes, but they're not going to like graduate and then go buy a car and a brand new house and all of this debt. They learn all of that in a small scale. Mm-hmm. That's the idea. So I think like, and that's when really- you- oh, I was just going to say real quick, like, I think when you're setting goals for kids or helping them set goals long-term, 
I look at my children and think, what do I want them to learn? Who do I want them to become? What is it? How can I help them to be independent people and reach that potential? Um, that's kind of how I help that. So sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> oh, no, I interrupted you. Uh, no, I think that's smart to do the real money because my parents needed showbuck, but my brother found the template for the showbuck and he forged, that's their last name is Shoal, and he forged a <laughs> So then we all were using counterfeit money and my parents knew that somehow we because um, we just were rolling in these show bucks. So anyways, that takes away from the counterfeiting ability. I mean, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I, I had a friend when I was in a, when I was living in West Jordan, I had a friend and she had just turned like 21. And I remember she bought her own, she bought a brand new, whatever the year was when I turned, when she was 21, she bought a brand new car with cash and I just remember being blown away and blown away because I was like, how does she have that much money saved up? Yeah. And, and honestly, my response was I would never buy it cash. I would finance it and then pay it off rather quickly, build up the credits on it, whatever. But um, I was just like, how come nobody taught me that I could buy a car early on if I saved all my payments? <laughs> which I'm sure someone tried to. But I think there were just some things that I missed as a kid. So I love this program um, because like it's what you're already spending on the kids. Now it's just their decision and it teaches them so much. Kelly and her family, she's one of the most financially (laughs) smart people I know because she's, she's been very good. I took the family finance, not the family finance. I took the personal finance class through the church and we were in the same thing. And I've learned so much from her. So I know like the things that you're teaching them will make them long-term successful. And because if they're getting this stuff out of the way now, <laughs> I mean, she's eight years old, but things like investing and will come earlier for her and she's in a much better financially financial place. So I just think that's really cool. And I know that's not even your long-term goal right now. It's just to make sure that they and enjoy what they're buying. But we've a couple of weeks ago had a guest. I don't know if you heard that episode, but she talks about financial smart stuff. And so that's where my mind is, but mm. I just think it's really cool. It's a different way to do the allowance and whatnot. So. Well, thank you. I think we're just mostly stupid frugal because <laughs> it was funny when you're talking about your friend with the car is like, that was my first thought was, well, actually my first thought was like, you bought a brand new car. <laughs> But then I also went to the man with cash. That's amazing. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. So it's been, it's been a really good experience for our family so far. And I think it's just teaching them the bigger principles that really do come behind money management. So, um, yeah. I love that. Very cool. (laughs) Well, does anybody else have a question for Kelly before we sign off this evening? Um, Kelly, so, you know, we've talked about these different things that you're like with your kids, you know, and how you are as a mom and, and stuff. And, it, you know, I imagine when you like have your first kid, you have all these expectations of how motherhood's going to be and what you're going to teach your kids. And so you have an eight year old now, 
Um, and, but you still, you have like a four year old, right? Like, so like, um, you still have kids that are a little bit younger. So what do you feel like were some of those expectations that you had that you realized were unrealistic and, and how did they change along the way? And what are, are like, are there expectations now? Yeah. Friends. I feel like so guilty about that first child. I remember my mom saying like, if we could all just throw away our first child, I was like, that's a terrible thing to say. And she's like, (laughs) not because, not because we don't want our first kids, but because we feel like they really are the experiment, right? Like you have no idea what you're doing. And so it's funny to me. We actually have this conversation regularly, me and my husband's, especially when we have friends that are about to have their first and we listen to conversations about their ideas of like, oh, and then we're going to do this and we're not going to do that. And both of us are just like, I hope that's true for you. You know, like that didn't work out for us, you know? And so I think, unfortunately, um, she's gotten a lot. Uh, we've, we were harder on her unintentionally. I feel like we've always tried to be pretty laid back parents, but we have never had a seven-year-old, a soon-to-be eight-year-old. And so I just find myself like worrying, is this normal behavior for them? Or am I not teaching them well? Where now, by the time the fourth one comes, you're like, oh, I know what to expect during this time period. I kind of know. I mean, they each have their personalities and their different ideas that way. But um, I feel oh, like yeah, my- You just have a baby. You what? You just have a, so you have a one-year-old too, huh? So that's what- you- Yeah. So I've got, so my daughter is seven and then my boys are five and four. And then my little girl, she's seven months old. So she's still tiny, but even like, oh, go ahead. No, just, you have a a big age range there. Yeah. 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 So like developmentally, even I feel like my first, I was really stressed. I was very like, oh, she's not sitting. She's not crawling. Like I was so aware of milestones and just, is this because she's not smart enough? Is this something that I'm not doing? Where honestly with my youngest, I'm like, eh, she'll walk by the time she goes to kindergarten. She'll sit like, I just don't feel like it's such (laughs) a big worry that way. And I think that ultimately my expectations have calmed down because I have to remember, like, kind of like I was saying earlier, my children are people. I can't look at my children and expect them to do things perfectly and to behave in the ways that I want them to. I'm not even perfect. Like I still, like I, I joke about it. I'm like, I totally have tantrums. I cry. I have fits. I get things that I get really frustrated about. I don't know how to handle my emotions completely. And so how can I expect the same for them? So I would say before I was a parent, I had a very, uh, like to-do list of all the things my kids were supposedly going and not going to do, which is so funny to think we can control another human anyway. But I would say that now (laughs) it changed that my expectation with my children is more what relationship am I developing with my, with my kids? Like, yes, there are goals and things that I concrete want to teach them, but ultimately if they're not eating all of the fruits and vegetables, I want them to eat. Am I going to let that destroy my relationship with them? Like, you know, I, I want to look at 20 years down the road, what kind of human am I helping them to become? And ultimately, what, how, how are they going to view me as their mother? Are they going to view me as this dictator who had all these ideas of what, who they had to be and what they, how they had to perform? Or are they going to view me as a mom who believed that they could keep trying that? Um, I really believe in apologizing to my children, uh, which happens almost every day, just because I'm not really killing the mom thing, guys. <laughs> We're kind of in survival mm-hmm. mode. And so 
I want them to remember that, that, you know, I, I tell my oldest daughter all the time, I've never been a mom before you. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm trying, please forgive me. And I want to teach them those bigger lessons instead of just, um, things that I thought I cared about. I don't actually care about. They, they don't matter, you know? But I don't think I've ever heard a mom be like, oh my gosh, I just have this. Like, I'm doing such a great job. You know, like, I don't think I've ever heard those words come out of mom's mouth, right? Like, I don't know. Good for my sister-in-law and my friends. Like, everyone feels like at times that, like, you said, just survival mode. And so I like what you said, though, that you're, like, you're telling her, like, hey, I've never done this before. I'm sorry. I'm learning. And one of my favorite Andy Grammer songs, and it's called Spaceship. And he just talks about how he's like, I'm going to love you. Like, we're going to be crawling together. We're going to be learning together. Like, but I'm going to be there for you. And that's the only thing that I can promise, you know? And I think that that really shows a lot to your kids that, like, you can admit when you're wrong. And that, like, you have to stumble through things because we aren't perfect. Yeah. My hope, too, is that they know that I tried the best I could with what I knew. And I, I can say that about my parents that, and I have a really close relationship with my parents, but you know, they weren't perfect. And I feel like there was a certain time in my life where I was very critical of decisions they made, but now I just think they did the best that they could with what they knew. And I hope my children give me the same grace because you're right. I don't know any mom or, I mean, I don't know anyone that feels like they're winning the parenting thing because man, I feel like you're doing right. And then one of your children will come in and humble you real quick. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. I think you're a fantastic mom and I've seen you in action. So I will toot her horn for her any day. You're so yeah. sweet. <laughs> the only thing is I need more children pictures. So keep sending those my way. <laughs> I shall do that. I should try to do that better. <laughs> I love it. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for coming to our podcast. We, I am so grateful that I finally got to give, get you on here because Kelly's been my friend from like before we started the original season. And so we used to have long in-depth conversations about goal setting and so I'm really glad that I get to share her knowledge with you guys. I have, again, a bunch of notes that I'm going to add into just like those regular mantras and whatnot. So um, we're grateful that you came and um, I think we're ready to close up. And she really has talked about you a lot, Kelly. Like, I feel like I know about you because anytime she talks about budgeting or whatever, it's like, something she learned from you and so she's not just saying she's talked about you i've heard it <laughs> so it's nice to finally meet you over zoom uh it's nice to meet you all too and i hope everything she said was positive <laughs> 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 i could believe it would be crazy talk to <laughs> so, <laughs> we've had some adventures that's for sure <laughs> yeah um okay so to sign off Dream big, start small, and act daily. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. This podcast.
podcast is brought to you by Remnus Audio. If you also want to be accountable or record your journal or preserve your memories, head on over to remnusaudio.com and Steph here will take the hard work out of preserving your memories. Yeah, I will. And you don't have to put them on a podcast like we are to share with everyone every week. <laughs> 